everyone. Welcome to another edition of Founder Wisdom Podcast. Today we have Sabine Boschajak with us. She is a speaker. Uh, she is a coach. Uh, she's an IT, uh, actually an agile methodology specialist. Her company is Get Next IT. Sabine, can you tell us a bit more about yourself and your company? Yes. Hello, Charles. Uh, nice to meet you. Yeah, as you said, my name is Sabine Wojeszak and we are based in Kiel, which is a country in northern Germany. I founded the Get Next IT together with my husband in 2016, and we help companies on the way of digital transformation and digitization to collaborate better, to have a leadership which supports this collaboration. And yeah, basis for this is agile. So I think this is the mindset we all need for the future to be successful. So what size of uh, company do you usually work with? Oh, very different companies. We have IT companies. So Agile comes from the IT and software development department, but we also have companies in the health sector, in the newspaper publishing sector. So whatever you can think of, especially also in sizes. We have small teams, but we also have large companies. Everyone needs the help. Yeah, but in, in my mind, you know, it's more like... A teams in uh, larger companies most of the time that can use that. I mean, startups, I think it comes more naturally to them, you know, to use the few resources that they have to deploy prototypes faster. Am I right in saying that? Um, yes and no. So I'm also mentor for several startups we have here in Kiel. And yes, for sure, they have to be more... Um, consistent about the resources they have, but sometimes it feels more like being chaotic instead of planned and organized. And mm. this is uh, where I can help them as a mentor to get more organization within this yeah, lack of resources. Yeah, I think I'd agree with you. Um, startup founders, you know, they, they, they don't botch the whole process, but they go by the feeling. Uh, yes, they have a bit of theory, but what kind, how, how do you bring order to them? Say that I have my my startup team, we want to deploy uh, quality products as soon as possible, want to gather uh, feedback from our clients. What is chaotic in my method and what, what could I improve? So chaotic is when everyone thinks everyone else knows what to do and they have no maybe visualization for um, things they want to do and no priority priorities within this and <clears throat> even if we have or especially if we have small resources we need to prioritize what are we doing next we have to understand why we are doing it and what's the goal behind it uh, just to assume that everyone knows is uh, I think a mistake a very big mistake and then it turns out that you are doing a lot of stuff which is not moving you forward I've seen a lot of startups uh, which are spending their time in doing one pitch after the other. But I always ask the question, what is the value you can, out, can get out of this pitch? Sometimes it's important to be visible, but sometimes it's more important to work on your product and move it forward and to make this decision here. So you teach mostly the agile method, methodology and collaboration. Um, I've started... Uh, learning about the Agile methodology, I think, 10 years ago. What has changed since 10 years ago? What is clearer? Because, I mean, 10, 10 years ago, 
I was still excited by the method. It was almost uh, brand new. And I was like, yeah, uh, we can deploy product, products and projects like way quicker with that methodology uh, that can obviously earn us more money. What has changed since these past 10 years? So to, be, um, to make it clear, agile methodologies are now 20 years old. So, and more, more than 20 years old, the Adra Manifesto is from 2001. Okay. Um, but I think the need for it is, has grown, and this is the important thing. Um, when it started with Adra methodologies, we almost had IT companies, software development companies who wanted to use this kind of stuff. But now with digital transformation and digitization, every industry has a need for bringing software development and all the business departments closer together. And mm -hmm. software is now the important driver for business. Yeah. yeah. And so software development needs to be faster with delivering the solutions. Business needs to do what they have to do. And this is the important thing which has really changed. Each industry is in need of those agile mindset. This fast learning, we are in our FUCA world just moving very fast. We have changed very fast changes in all the environments and all companies have to adapt to that. And this needs learning, learning from data and data comes from what software can, uh, can deliver us, for example. So in organizations, and it's been my experience that like not every individual are agile from the get-go. It is, again, in my experience that the agile is mostly a mindset it's it's first uh, something that needs to be discussed and needs to make logical sense in a human's brain um basically that hey if you deploy your your product quicker for example you can have quicker market feedback you're not going to decide if this product is good i'm not going to decide if this product is good the market's going to decide the end client is going to give us the feedback um the first question is um, how do you recruit individuals that tend to have this mindset and or uh, if you have a team member that doesn't have this agile mindset, how do you get him uh, and that person to change his mind to become more agile and be more productive for the team? So first of all, when we start to work with the team, uh, we try to find out what is the vision of the team? What do they want to achieve? And then we take a look at the processes they have now and try to find out what's working towards this vision and what's not working towards this vision. And what can we do together to come to this uh, vision and what's necessary for that? Mm -hmm. uh, usually I don't call it agile. Yeah, so sometimes having this big word there is uh, building up defense. Yeah. And so I don't call it agile, we always look what is useful for you? What brings value to your work? What brings value to reach your vision? And in this case, there are only a few people who don't want to do this because they have learned in, in former years that's not good to be transparent. That's not good to yeah, let other people know what I know and all those things. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but when we go with small steps and always catching up if these small steps were helpful mm -hmm. most of them always will contribute those people who will not contribute are mostly those people who will leave the team straight up like leave the team uh, uh, 
so does that happen often like a conflict in personality in a group pollutes the the whole group and we have to uh, yes. let go of that person and if you're a consultant for that company how how do you deal with that do you tell the manager look uh, this is a problematic person and odds are that uh, you'll have to let him go how does that happen i will never do that this is not my this is not my job um but if we are working with a team we most of the time have team leads within and uh, they see it and what i have realized is that most of the time those people who don't want to contribute are those who want to leave Thank because you. they don't feel good anymore and the rest of the team is doing progress yeah and you are the one behind and that's, that does not feel good and so right. they try to get out of the situation um yes there are people who are really let me say it poisoning for the whole team progress and we also found out when these people are not part of the team any longer this is like mind blowing for the rest of the team they will make such a huge progress and mm. i think uh, what what's important is that we really need to take care about this that there that one person can have so much impact in the positive way as well as in a negative way on a team. And this is one thing a leader today should really take care of. Interesting. Is there such a thing as Agile not being productive? Um, for example, if you deploy products too quick, uh, say you're Moderna and you're building a vaccine, um, is, can, can we still use Agile in that uh, context or deploying a, a, vaccine, a vaccine too quick can have disastrous effects? I mean, uh, yeah, obviously they can, they can find other ways to test them, but is there like an industry or a context in which Agile is not relevant and even dangerous? Um, yes, I think there might be use cases where it is not helpful. So um, let me say you are sending out posts. Yeah, so and this is this is a very clear process where you don't need to discuss or something like this. You just do it. You just process it. In this situation, HR does not make sense because everyone knows what to do. Maybe we can work on the whole process and say we can make this process even smarter, something like that. But um, Agile is formally founded for all these areas which are called complex, yeah. complex situations. There's the Canavan framework by Dave Snowden, which explains complex is uh, where we have no idea what we know and what we don't know. And for this, <laughs> and for this domain, uh, Agile is meant. Okay. Yeah. So, and there it really makes sense. You can also use it in the so-called um, complicated environment, but you don't necessarily need it. But in the complex domain, you really need it. Yeah, I was talking about um, chaos theory with a friend of mine yesterday, late uh, late in the night, and it seems that agile is can be very much part of that uh, in a small team of like three to four individuals and a very complex challenge to solve a software to deploy. And there's so many aspects to software. There's the marketing aspect, there's the, the sales aspect, the technical aspect, front end, back end. There's all of yeah. these things. And to me, it's like a, a, if Agile was this over communication method, you, you keep very close to one another, you, you share the information, 
while you also specialize in your own specific area, um, which allows to solve the chaos ultimately. Am I right in saying that? So um, I come back to, to the framework, the Canavan framework from mm -hmm. Dave Snowden. There's another domain, which is called the chaotic frame, uh, the chaotic domain. And when we get out of the chaotic domain and have an idea what we want to do, but still have not enough information, then we are in the complex world where a lot of dependencies are there and where we have a lot to learn. And this lot to learn comes in because so many different departments, maybe marketing, software development, front end, back end, and so on, are involved in this. And we need to have these fast exchanges and this fast feedback between all of these parts so that we can learn and improve on the fly. What are the, the best communication methods in a, a team? Because, I mean, there's, yeah, Slack channels. Um, do we need to be uh, in person together? Like, what are the best communication methods? Make sure that your teammates know where you're at in your work because that influences your work ultimately. It depends. It depends on what we are working on. There are special cases where it is good to be in person. When we want to discuss ideas, when we uh, want to have uh, strong uh, strengths in our bonds yeah so that, that the team can perform they need to have strong bonds and um, if we want to do this we need to have in-person work and in-person meetings but we can also perform with uh, online uh, remote work using for example slack channels having a good uh, wiki where we all can contribute to like confluence something like this or using collaboration tools like draft.io where we can also visually work together there are a lot of resources available uh, and i i don't like to say you can't either do the one or the other i think you need to do both to be a strong team and when i have a look at at fully remotely uh, remote working teams they always have twice a year at least uh, situations where they come together, where they spend together one week at least to build up bonds, to be, be a strong community, a strong team, and then they can go on and work remotely together. How does <laughs> culture comes into play uh, when when it comes to agile? Let's I recruit like international uh, one percenters, so the the best of the best. Uh, granted, the the price quality aspect as a as a founder throughout the world, in Algeria, in India, uh, I mean, South America, US, Canada, I recruit everywhere. Uh, how, how can I put all these individuals in one room? And how can they make um, massive, uh, massive change happen through productivity, through, um, through agile methodologies? Is, is there like a problem with um, various cultural differences and how they communicate? How can I make them cohesive with the agile method? So yes, there can be a problem uh, throughout this whole culture. That's, that's totally uh, clear. And we don't want the important, most important thing is that we have to have this in mind that we need to spend time on working on this cult cultural differences and being open for them and being interested in what's different. Yeah. So this, this is really important. And then the next thing is that we as a team need to agree on our common shared values, we want to live as a team. So this is, I think, a very important thing. And this needs time. So if we want to build up a new team, which is very international, we need to spend some time, invest some time in the beginning to create 
a set of values we all want to follow, we all want to live. Okay. This does not mean tricky. that if we, it, it's, it's, it's tricky, but it works. There are a lot of frameworks you can use and, and discuss about and um, use for your team collaboration. Yeah, because like you said, first, you, you can start with that exercise and make sure that we're all clear on our values, but you need time as well to test these values. Because first, first off, yes. a lot of people don't know what their values are. Second, exactly. um, lots will modify their values. Some will be amplified, some will be um, diminished as the project goes on, you know? And, and third, you need to get to learn uh, and get to know the team and earn their trust because you won't mention your value. Most people won't mention their value out loud. Like if they first meet someone that they didn't know before. So I guess, yeah, it's a, it's a living uh, organism, this, this little values document It may change with, um, with, with time, but yeah, the leader um, can consult the, the whole crew and uh, can brainstorm on a set of value and have this kind of guiding document. Yes, definitely. This is a living document. And uh, in, in former times, we thought team building just happens at the beginning of a project and that's it. Uh, but now team building is an ongoing process. We start somewhere and this, and, and then we always reflect on is this what we have created together still valid for us? Does it work for us or do we need to improve it? And then again, leadership has a very important task here um, to catch up with people from these different cultures, be in one-on-ones and yeah, be interested and open to their ideas. I have to understand that we have cultures which are not so open and not so willing to give feedback because they have never learned it then it needs time and we need to show them that's good and that we still want it yeah it needs time when we talk about people and changing people's mindset this is what needs time yeah lots of time and my next question is kind of related to that can an introverted individual do well in a agile team yes why not uh, my experience with introverted individuals, they under-communicate, which is very bad, fundamentally bad in a business. They don't tell you when there's problems. They don't tell you how they feel. They keep it all to themselves. And also that can, there can be a cultural aspect to it, but I mean, in, in Canada or in the US, which are out, uh, extroverted countries, we can find a lot of introverted. And I think that introverted people can do well in some positions that don't need much human interaction because they thrive on not talking to humans, most of them, but in a team um, in which they'll be put in close quarters with uh, their peers. Uh, most of the time, it will be a very uncomfortable environment to them. And I mean, they can either change very quick or, you know, just burn out. That's my opinion. <laughs> yeah. So I think, um, yes, uh, but also extrovert people can burn out in an agile environment when it's done in the wrong way. Oh, so, sure. but, but um, agile methodologies come with a lot of, of small tools which are very helpful to get introverts into communication and conversation. So let's just take the example of the daily standup. And we say, okay, each team maximum 15 minutes, short check-in, what's going on, what's uh, what has happened and yeah. what's pro what problems are in the head. Mm -hmm. And when we then have a time box, we say, each of us has one minute. 
and each of us has one minute and each of us needs to say something then we also ask uh, ask uh, the introverts to say something but yeah. we also limit the extroverts to not use the whole time and this yeah. is i think the most uh, important problem about it when we have introverts and extroverts the extroverts take a lot of time and then the introverts don't say anything it's also using all those when we have in person the sticky note brainstorming so brain writing so that everyone can come up with ideas having time boxes for for speaking slots and so on we can work and we can deal with this but this needs an experienced leader moderator or Scrum Master, Agile Coach, or whatever you have in, in hand. I want to continue flowing on, on this topic because personally I can find lots of value in, in there about how to plan meetings. Uh, I have masterminds, I have meetings with clients, with my team, and sometimes it just goes on forever. And I'm guilty of that too. You know, when I have the mic, sometimes I just keep on talking and talking and talking. And yeah, it helps me <laughs> to externalize these things, but it doesn't help others necessarily. Um, how uh, other than like limiting the time for each people to talk about let's say that we have 30 minutes we're four humans uh, it could be a mastermind it could be a, a team a meeting with the agile methodology how can we make sure that we're super efficient in our time use and productive uh, so that we use this time boxes you mean yeah, make the so best use of, of our time, you know, that we stay productive yeah, yeah. on track because I have problems with that. Sometimes I will go on a tangent and that can be good, that can be bad. But generally in project management and with the agile methodology, uh, like you said, we want to stay structured and organized and I kind of have uh, lots of problems with that. So what would you advise us to, to do in those situations? So for, for meetings, it's very important to have a clear agenda so that everyone knows what is expected from them so that they can prepare themselves. I think a, one important thing lies in being prepared, coming prepared to a meeting. Yeah. And uh, even- What does we, that mean specifically? Like how can I prepare for a meeting? So when we, when we have an agenda with a, with a topic where we should make a decision, Okay. And you invite me for this meeting and you expect me to bring some numbers with me yeah. uh, so that you inform me, Sabine, please uh, be prepared for uh, telling us this, 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 so that I can, before we go into the meeting, prepare myself and not in the meeting. Ah, by the way, Sabine, can you tell me something about those numbers? Then I'm like, yeah, but mm, I don't know. And I'm not also means everyone who comes to the meeting has to take the responsibility to be prepared for the meeting and okay. so one other thing is meeting hopping one meeting after the other is not helpful for that okay. uh, we can then have a clear goal for our meeting what is the goal of the meeting we want yeah. to make a decision for abc so mm -hmm. that everyone knows okay with, this is not about only discussing it's all about this make and then having clear rules that someone speaks up if the impression is there that we are just beating around the bush and not coming to the point mm. and not adding new information uh, that someone says, okay, come on, let's get back on track. We have to make a decision now, um, something like this, so that everyone feels responsible for the success of the meeting. Yeah, so there are a lot of advices what you can do. It depends on the situation you are in. 
So as the leader, um, I'm the one organizing these meetings. I should always have an agenda. So maybe stick, a, I use Google Calendar personally, so I would stick a, a Google Docs to that and there would be the date of the day and there would be in point form uh, the three main uh, topics that I wanna address for today's meetings. Would that be better? Yes. Yes. Okay. And then yes, I for ask, example, yeah. if you, if you have an, a meeting without an agenda where you say, okay, this is just 30 minutes for us to discuss your question, something like this, then it should also be clear that this is uh, the, the purpose of this meeting. Okay. Yeah, to me also meetings, um, well, it's it's better form of communication. It's clearer. There's more pieces of, of data. Uh, there There's visuals. There's also... You know, like if you talk out loud, it, I, I feel it's more honest than just a, a written message. So there can be interesting pieces of data in there. Yes. Um, apart from masterminds and, and so forth, yeah, sometimes call out uh, urgent meetings when uh, important uh, matters need to be discussed. And especially if you think that's going to have an emotional impact on the team. Um, I also have a weekly meeting with my team on Mondays and Fridays, Mondays to discuss the goals and Fridays to discuss what happened this week. What did we accomplish? Um, what, what in terms of goal setting, because that's a, we have around seven minutes left for the, the pod and that's what I want to discuss with you. In terms of goal setting, generally, what do you recommend? Because on my side, I have yearly goals, quarterly goals, monthly goals, and it's just like dividing my yearly goals. Uh, basically, that's what it is to weekly mm -hmm. to to daily you know so that that's um, the type of goals that i have i ask my team to do the same and there's reviews um there's monthly reviews quarterly reviews and so forth what uh what do you recommend uh teams and individuals to do when it comes to goal setting to make sure that they stay on track because i i have the um, the blessing and the curse to set moonshots that i rare well I, I probably accomplish like I would say 80% of what I have on my goals list. And yeah, the, the 15 to 20% are kind of moonshots, um, but I still get motivated at the end of the day to accomplish that. So any advice you have on, on goal setting for ambitious individuals? Yeah, I think you're, this is a good advice you have to break down yearly goals into quarterly and monthly into weekly and also for daily goals. And um <clears throat> For the team, for an organization, or for an individual, don't know, doesn't matter. So when we talk about this on an organizational level, we talk about something like OKR, objectives and key yeah. results, which is something like this. And I think um, when we set goals, we should. I, th I for me, it's important to write down a goal, not to have it just in my mind. I need to write it down, and I need to have an idea how I can find out if I have reached the goal or not. So how can I measure it? Yeah. yeah. So this, this is really important. And goals are not only about numbers. Goals can also be that I, today I want to contribute in the meeting, not just sitting there and consuming. I also want to contribute. So this can also be a goal I am, I am setting for myself. And here yeah. again, I think leaders can help individuals to, to identify personal goals. What can I do from my personal behavior, uh, which helps us, helps me as a team, as, a, as an individual to grow, but also us as a team to grow yeah. and um, to show that, yeah, goals are not all, always the, the sales numbers, something like this, but many more stuff. Sometimes they're very much feelings. So I was, 
I mean, I've listened and read like tons of books on, on goal settings and smart framework, OKRs, yes, KPIs yes, and so forth. Yes. And uh, the, the latest thing I read, which was uh, the most striking, uh, it's a biohacking author, uh, Ben Greenfield. Um, he is and kind of the science of having a better body and a better mind. And he said, um, think about setting goals in a future tense. I have accomplished that. I am sitting on my deck, the sun in my eyes. And I, I think about being happy because my, my wife is happy and she's accomplished that. And I helped her like accomplish that goal too. So it, in terms of I am here and what am I feeling in that moment after that I accomplished that goal, I just finished this huge project. We've delivered it to this very demanding client. He calls me saying that he's super happy. You know, you can visualize yourself. And when you visualize that, I think it's so much more of a motivator than, you know, just saying, okay, I, I have accomplished a software, but why, why have you done this project? What was your, your deeper purpose? You know, will you get a promotion after? Will you be recognized by peers? I think you need to attach these emotions to, to these goals. Yeah, but I think this is uh, also an individual question. What is important for me? So, yeah, what is what is my goal? Do I uh, do I want to have the the promotion, or is it for me just important to to have done done something great? Yeah. Yeah. So, and this is this is very individual, and uh, we can't say these are the goals everyone has to set for your for himself or for herself. Uh, we need to find out what is motivating for them. And yeah. I think these emotions you described are. Uh, closely related to the R in the smart, the relevant goals. Are they relevant for mm. me and for the project, something like this? And uh, so I think, yes, coming from the emotional aspect of it is a very good point because emotions are a good trigger for us and emotions stick to our, to our minds so we can easily remember that and maybe we want to have this feeling again. Yeah. <laughs> so this can be a good intrinsic motivation. <laughs> yeah, that's how we humans think, you know, pretty much everything is motivated uh, through emotions, weirdly enough. And I guess that's a challenge as a leader uh, to guide your, th your, your team to think outside of the box with these new methods, sit down with them, being patient and teaching them these new methods. And then the, it's, it's like raising kids, right? You need to be very patient and, and see how they, they progress. Some of them might be like, hey, I don't want to set this, this goal, you know, or and so forth. And you need to be a great coach. Last but not least, what um, leadership slash management um, strategies would you have for leaders that are implementing the, the agile method and find themselves constantly hitting a brick wall with their teams? So um, I think the most important case is that you be your own showcase that you show all the things you you want to promote on HR. Maybe for example, learning from failures. So being a leader and also admitting this is my mistake. I have yeah. done a failure here and I have learned from it is so important. I cannot expect from other people to be transparent, to be open with failure, something like this, when I'm not living it. Yeah. Yeah, and I think this is the most important thing. In former times, management was somehow like here above, and they didn't know, they didn't know everything. But this is not true anymore. And if we want to have this open culture and this open mindset for continuous learning, for continuous improvement, for being transparent, I as a leader 
need to be that. And in I the also field, in the trenches with the team. And I also need to admit that I have to learn on this way to agile. So yeah. I'm not the holy grail who knows everything. And I, I will make mistakes on this way. Yeah. Because it's... I'm just a human being and we have to learn together. So yeah. Like um, I pictured myself, I mean, I don't do this exercise often because I've led for the, the past 10 years, but like I've pictured myself in an agile team and with a leader that really wants my good, a, a leader that is gentle and not, you know, autocratic and um, is there with me on the battlefield. I know that he works hard. I know also that he can solve the team problem and I fully trust him. I think trust is the key word here. I, I yeah. know that he has my back. I know that he will resolve problems if I have... Um, different with uh, one of my peers he he will have my back and he will solve it so yeah i think that uh, leaders kind of need to step up to there and uh, put their egos in checks which uh, sometimes yes. is, is hard uh, depending on your personality type um but yeah very very good uh, tips here uh, sabine thank you so much for showing up today it was a very nice podcast where can people find out more about you on our internet website or on linkedin so you find me on LinkedIn, you find me on Twitter, you find me on Instagram, and you find me on www.getnext-it.com. All right. Thank you, Sabine. Have a very good day. Thank you. Bye.